Every night, the gods of the underworld party. Drinking mezcal, smoking tobacco, all while enjoying the comforts of a warm fire. Humans look on with jealousy, plotting a way to steal these items from the gods. They attempt to enlist the help of the animals, but unfortunately, none were up to the task. Not the jaguar, not the rabbit, nor the eagle. The telequache speaks up and states, Hey, you did not ask me. Ugh, that is because everyone underestimates me. If they think of me at all, they think that I am ugly, incompetent, and small. Well, I can fool gods. Having volunteer, the telequache goes over to where the gods sit around their fire. And after a time, the gods do eventually notice him and invite him over to partake with them. The telequache goes over to smoke and dance with the gods while they also feed him mezcal. But the opossum is clever. Every time he is served mezcal, he hides it in his pouch along with his tobacco. After some time, the telequache begins to fall and dance erratically, taking on the mannerisms of a drunken fool. The gods are highly amused by this and keep feeding him more mezcal, which he quickly places into his pouch. In his fake inebriation, the telequache begins to spin around and then stumble falling down right next to the fire. Luckily, or unluckily for him, only his tail goes up in flame. This sets the gods off into a new fit of laughter. And they yell, Okay, viejito, it's time for you to go. So off he goes, carrying with him mezcal, tobacco, and fire for humans. So next time, you are enjoying a night with friends while drinking mezcal, telling stories, and enjoying a warm fire. Raise a glass and thank El Telacuache. Story adapted from the website realmezcal.com How Telacuache Stole Mezcal from the Demons. This is Monstras. And welcome to another episode of Monstras. Hello, hello, hello. It's been, it feels like it's been forever. That's what I was about to say. Been. It hasn't been, right? Because we we did something before. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I don't know. This whole month, these whole past few months have been a complete blur for me. So I don't, oh, and actually, before we even get started with anything, mm-hmm. we should probably introduce ourselves, huh? I mean, if we have to, I guess. People should know by now who we are. If they don't, then why are they even listening? <laughs> I mean, you should start with the first episode, but no worries if you're just tuning in to this episode. My name is Brenda Salguero. And with me today is... Orquídea Morales. 
I'm never not going to say it boring. Like, that's just the way it's going to be. Get used to it. So let's get right into it. This episode, we are covering Tla Coaches. That's right. It took me 20 years to get that right. <laughs> and you're only 19, so I have you started at the womb. <laughs> I was inside my mother's stomach just being like, I can't pronounce this. <laughs> so practicing, practicing just for this episode. So that's right. We are definitely going back to talking about animals and focusing um, on myths around the opossum. Is it opossum or possum? Opossum. Opossum. Excellent. And the reason why I'm asking Orchidia is because she's the one who actually suggested this episode. So now I consider you an expert. <laughs> I don't know if I'm an expert, but now I guess I'm a fan of Tlacuaches that I wasn't before. Because there's like, on Facebook, there's all these Facebook groups about Tlacuaches and loving them. And there's all these memes and everything because they're amazing. Uh, so one of the Facebook groups that I am now a part of, um, they post <laughs> memes and facts about Tlacuaches. And it's super weird and adorable. And I noticed that there was some interesting myths behind it. And I was like, why don't we do an episode on the opossum so Yay. yeah do yeah i mean i'm i'm fascinated that a, uh, that a meme is what get, got you into this whole thing yeah a meme group on on facebook yeah it's really adorable i'll have to share it on social media later that is because everyone needs hilarious. to join that facebook group <laughs> it's free promotion for the facebook group i know yeah but do, do you like Tlacuaches? Are you a fan? I consider them really both creepy and weird, but also really cute at the same time. Like, it's just, I don't like the tail, but I like their little faces, but I don't like their teeth. But their little noses are so cute. So it's <laughs> like I'm constantly yeah. baffled uh, by this creature. And we weren't the only one, or I'm not the only one who was baffled by this creature, but... We'll talk about that in this episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a puzzling but, animal. <laughs> it's a very puzzling animal. But I, I think, you know, I am fascinated by them. And I'm fascinated by the myths that we're going to be talking about today. So why don't we start with a basic description of what the animal actually is. And then we'll get into the different myths and legends about the opossum. Sounds good. So, the Columbia Encyclopedia defines the opossum as the name for several marsupials or pouch mammals of the family, oh no, I'm not going <laughs> to pronounce this right, of the family Didelphidae. That sounds right. Yeah, close enough. Yeah. Native to Central and South America, with one species actually extending north to the United States. With the exception of an obscure group found in South American forests, opossums are the only living marsupials outside the Australia-New Guinea region. Which is so crazy. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, I did see an opossum in Australia. Did you really? Yes. It was in my friend's yard <laughs> when I was living there. I lived there for people who don't know. I lived there for a year. Uh, I have family there. 
It's a long story. It's, it has to do with the Salvadoran Civil War, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, I ended up in Australia for a year and it was so cute. I, I remember looking up and then looking into my friend's yard because we were eating nachos. Because <laughs> uh, we, I insisted on us making nachos and, and doing something Latin American while I was in Australia because God damn it. Or Tex-Mex, I should say, huh? It's not even Latin American no. food. Uh, Tex-Mex, American, you know. Same difference. Something from, yeah, something from home. Because Australia's Mexican food and, oh God, horrific, <laughs> horrible. Anyways, I sit up, I look outside in the yard and there's a tiny little, a little opossum. Oh my God, it was so cute, Orchidia. You would have loved it. That's adorable. They're so freaking cute. They're very cute. Those, and they're they're much smaller than the ones in this region, in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. So according to the Columbia Encyclopedia, the opossums are more or less arboreal, nocturnal animals with long noses, naked ears, prehensile tails, and opposable, opposable hind toes tipped with flat pads. They eat small animals eggs, insects, and fruit. They're so cute. Adorable. So they're very interesting creatures. But yeah, it's it's fascinating to know that they're the only marsupials outside of Australia, New Guinea. Yeah. I think that, like, yeah, there's one other one, but the opossum is the one that's in the most regions. Um, and <laughs> so the Columbian Encyclopedia describes them as resembling large rats, which is facts, but also <laughs> slightly offensive, maybe? Yes. I guess it depends how you feel about rodents in general. Uh, but they spend most of their time in trees um, and on the ground. Um, so they're kind of all over the place. And they make little cute nests out of leaves, um, usually in holes in trees. So they live in little holes in trees. Uh, when frightened, Aww. it goes into a state of collapse. We've all kind oh of seen it or heard of playing possum. Um, so sometimes it saves them from predators who lose interest in an apparently dead animal, right? So if you, if they don't want to eat something that's dead in case it was sick or whatever, uh, the female, I want to have that sort of like defense mechanism. If I feel like really <laughs> anxious, I'm just going to play dead. Um, a man's hitting on me? Dead. Dead. <laughs> I don't know if that would stop men, though. It might not stop them. Yeah, it might not stop them. No, it wouldn't. Um, So the female usually has a typical marsupial pouch. They have a little bag. Um, The the South American species of opossums do not have it, but the uh, North American ones do. So they usually have 6 to 18 babies. Um, and they're born after gestation of 12 days, and they weigh about 1.9 grams. So they're tiny little babies. Also, that's a short gestation period. That's a yeah. That's nice. I was about, I was about to say that's that's real quick. Yeah, it's less than two weeks. Um, wow. They crawl through the mother's fur to the pouch where they are carried and nursed for three months. So they get a free ride for three months. After that, they still get a free ride because they ride on their mom's back, clinging to her fur or her tail with their own tail. So you have all these drawings and pictures of them like all together. And it's super cute. Um, Oh, it's not like a rat king. No, 
Okay, thank goodness. <laughs> if anyone wants, if anyone doesn't know what a rat king is, I don't know even if I should tell you not to look it up because they're pretty disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you have to tell us more. Well, they're basically uh, rats that I guess in in areas with a high population of rats, sometimes they would all get stuck, their tails stuck uh, due to filth uh, or st- or just somehow the, the filth that they were kind of like living in uh, would get stuck on their tails and then their tails would get all tangled together. And so you have this ball of just rats trying to get away from one another and crawling towards you screaming for help and it's like that's horrifying so anyways you can look up that sounds you know, like um, a saw torture like in the in the movie saw like something they would torture you with like a that it you in a room with that oh yeah no definitely or it sounds to me like almost like a silent hill or even like a castlevania i think i had a similar monster that was made up of people though not rats but just a giant ball of people so i prefer a giant ball of rats yeah i would (laughs) i would be terrified i would not be down for that um so unfortunately they're hunted down as pests in the south uh because they raid domestic poultry and corn so they go where the food is easy and people don't like that people also find uh shoot them for food and sport um i understand the food part i don't understand the sport part yeah, they're so cute. They don't kill. Anytime I see, you know, because opossums definitely are kind of an urban also animal now that we've take, taken over so many darn parts of the world. Just like in the same vein as a raccoon. I always, I'm always like, leave them be. And I always feel bad for them if they're like dead on the side of the road or something. It just always hurts me. Yeah. And I, I just, I again, I love the idea of playing uh, a possum. Like, they just, it's an involuntary reaction for them. So they don't, they, it doesn't, like, it's not conscious. Like, you know, oh, there's a threat. I'm going to pretend I'm dead. It just, it happens um, automatically to their bodies when they're, like, in that stress uh, fight or flight moment. And it can last for a few minutes or a few hours. So they just pass out for a few hours. Um, so, so what happens? No, that's, that's too long. (laughs) I love it. So they just plop over, their bodies get completely stiff, their their teeth are bared, so they're like showing their teeth, and they secrete a foul-smelling scent. So they really are, like, if it's like they're dead. They just, in a second, they're just like... Wow. I didn't even, I knew that they would, you know, the whole term playing possum, but I didn't know they, they actually like exuded dank smells. Yeah. So, and you can poke at them, kick them, bite them. I mean, we wouldn't bite them, but other animals would bite them and they would not react. Wow. Yeah. Don't try it at home. Please don't poke black watches. Yeah. Yeah. Leave them be. Leave them be. (laughs) Plus you don't want to be around stinky animals. Yeah, it would stink up your house. And then possums and opossums are different. So opossums live in the Americas, while possums live in Australia and other countries. So that's the major difference. Um, And possums are more closely related to kangaroos 
than a possible. What? So the O at the beginning makes a difference. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So you probably saw a possum, not an opossum. <laughs> yes, I saw a possum. Yeah. Yes, I did see a possum because I knew the difference. I, I've, see, I've seen opossums. Uh, thank you, Simpsons. And <laughs> I've seen... <laughs> I, but I did see a possum, and it was much smaller and much cuter. It, I'm sorry, but the the possum in the Australia in a, in Australia is much cuter, even though everything else is trying to kill you there. You know, <laughs> at least they're it's a not. Small, <laughs> hopefully, it's a small concession. <laughs> but okay, so before I even get started on the history part, I did have a tiny story that I wanted to tell you about. My parents encountering an opossum. And it was because they kept leaving their back door open. So they had a bedroom and they had like a little uh, back door that would face the the backyard. And so they would leave that open. So so when we had, um, basically my parents adopted this little cat. (laughs) And he... My parents call it La Gata or whatever. Like, they don't even name it. They're just like, oh, yeah, that's the cat. And she's like a stray female cat who just showed up one day. Don't know why. But my parents adopted her. And so they op- they, le- they left that door open all the time. And so one day, they left the door open for her because she's a stray cat. She just comes and goes as she pleases. Mm-hmm. And one day, my mom hears, like, they would always leave her food at the foot of the bed. And so she hears... <laughs> like something like something eating the cat food really fast and really grossly (laughs) and she was like this doesn't sound like the cat like at that so let me go let me go like so she was like i'm gonna send you know so she sent my dad over yeah to see what it was obviously and it was it was a it was an opossum it was a giant opossum. Oh my god! What did they do? With babies get... on the back. What did they do? And so my dad just chased. It. I mean, the, as soon as my dad moved, the opossum heard it, and so he, it scurried away out of out, just like hightailed it out of there, you know. Yeah. But not before shoving a bunch of cat food into its mouth. Oh. I mean, it's so it's a, it's a single mom that works two jobs. She needed yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she needed the energy. Yeah. So too funny. Like my parents didn't do anything to it. It had it left on its own accord. Yeah. But it was just so funny. Did they close the door after that? Like, yeah, they don't they don't keep the door. Okay, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Poor opossums out there, like, please feed me. <laughs> feed me. <laughs> but anyways. <clears throat> so let's get into the history now after that really stupid story. It's so, so cute. It was cute. <laughs> so the Spanish who actually came to the Americas were prolific writers who documented all of the new sites, people, sounds, animals, and food they encountered. One of these explorers was Alvar Nunez Cabeza de Vaca. What a name. <laughs> Let me say that again so people understand his name. Alvar Nunez Cabeza de vaca. I mean, amazing. I want to have a cabeza de vaca. I know, <laughs> right? Tasty if you like boil it long enough. Maybe I don't know. So that's how you um, make barbacoa, right? Yeah, it's is the it? face. Is it the face? Yeah, because you eat the tongue. Oh, it's really good. I didn't know that. Yeah, but I just had barbacoa like two days ago. Anyways, 
<laughs> Delicious. It was very good. So cabeza de vaca, for those of you who do not speak Spanish, is just, it just means cowhead. So this guy's name was literally Alvar Nunez Cowhead. <laughs> Anyways, this guy documented prolifically flora and fauna of the Americas in his writings. So the problem that he encountered, as did many other Europeans, is that he did not have the Spanish vocabulary to describe what he actually saw. These are all new things. There's no name for them in Spanish. Yeah. For instance, in his writings, he describes his encounter with a talcuache as such. I'm going to read it in Spanish first, and then I will say it. I'll translate it. Vimos un animal que trae los hijos en una bolsa que en la barriga tiene y todo el tiempo que son pequeños los trae ahí hasta que saben buscar de comer. Y, as, y si ca, acaso están fuera buscando de comer y acude Henry, la madre no huye hasta que los ha recogido en su bolsa. Mm -hmm. Super cute, right? I love so, that that's, he was like, what is going on? Why? <laughs> I mean, I'll let you translate it first before I say anything. Yes. So we saw an animal that carries its children in a pouch that it has in its stomach. And all the time they are small, she carries them there until they learn how to search for food. And if by chance people come upon it, the mother does not flee until she has gathered them all in her pouch. Mm. So cute. Yeah. Such a good mama. Right? Yeah. What a great mom. She didn't, ex she didn't like, she didn't pay, play possum or possum or possum or whatever and abandon her little babies. Mm -hmm. She picked them all up. Yeah. She's like, do not mess with me or my 20 kids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then, so you can see that these explorers didn't quite know exactly how to explain what they saw, but this is one of the first uh, non-Indigenous, obviously, outside of Indigenous uh, folks' writings describing this creature that they had never encountered. So, and writings like this actually ended up inspiring other explorers, which, of course, was not great. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, I mean, I get that, though. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, it's like, don't come, but whatever. <laughs> if I if I, I mean, read that, like if I had no concept of marsupials and someone went, there's animals, there's fluffy animals that carry at their babies in their stomach in a pouch. I'd be like, I want to see that show. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Imagine the first people who saw a kangaroo, like non, you know, non-Indigenous uh, people who like came over and were like, what yeah. the hell is that boxing well, thing? Even, like, I think we take so much for granted because even Indigenous people, like, it, it was new to them. Like, they weren't born with the knowledge. So they just, I think that gets us, strangely enough, to like transition to folklore and, and how people yes. thought about these animals um, historically, which is, you know, what we're interested in, right? Like the myths and the folklore associated with with these um, animals and histories and things like that. Exactly. So opossums in Spanish are, are called sarihuellas. Oh, so they found a word for it. Yeah, they created a word for it. It's sarihuellas. But in Mexico and other regions, it's also called a tlacuache. Uh, the name comes from the Nahuatl word for tlacuatzin, 
Pla, the T-L-A, which is really hard to say, but Tla. It's so hard. It's so, it's, yeah. So Tla means fuego or fire. Gua means mordisquear or to bite, but mordisquear is to like bite small, like little bites. Like, exactly like that. Yes. Like that sound bites. <laughs> uh, or to or to comer, to eat. So qua means mordisquear or comer. And sin means chico or small. So tlacuache or tlacuatzin, um, which was the Nahuatl word for tlacuache, roughly translates to el pequeño que come fuego or the small one that eats fire. Oh, so cool. Right? I want to be the small one who eats fire. <laughs> I mean, you are the small one. <laughs> you just have to start I eat hot eating Cheetos. fire. There you go. The small one that eats hot <laughs> Cheetos. <laughs> That's your official name now. <laughs> but so the fire is key for a lot of the folklore surrounding black watches or little baby friends, um, which I had no idea about. Like I, I just kept researching and I was like, these are some weird ass creatures and a lot of folklore and myths associated with them. Um, so one of the Nahuatl legends of the Tlacuache that I found um, so the legend is that there used to be a time when people didn't have fire. Uh, they would have to eat all their food raw and they hated the cold of night. Which, you know, makes sense. Uh, people gathered together trying to figure out what they could do, but they couldn't find a solution. One day, fire broke away from a star and fell to the earth, causing a fire in the forest. The giants, or the kinamentin of the mountains trapped the fire so humans couldn't get to it. So the fire came from a star. The giants went, fuck you. You're not getting this. So, <laughs> so they hit the fire but kept it burning by chopping trees. Uh, and they organized an army protected by a tiger to prevent humans from getting there. And when humans tried to get the fire, the giants would shoot them down with arrows. Wow. So. What assholes. <laughs> It's their fire. They can do whatever they want with it, I guess. They're big. That's how bullies work. I'm bigger. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> so in a cave, you have a deer, a tlacuache, and an armadillo that met to figure out how to get fire to the humans. I don't know why they were trying to help the humans, but they were. Um, the tlacuache, tlacuache said he would take care of it, and all the other animals are like, really? You're, you're tiny. Like You're going to go face the giants. And the Tlacuache would say, más vale maña que fuerza. So that that's uh, roughly translates to like, um, it's better to be like smart or um, tricky than have strength. Oh, so basically it's, it's brains over brawn. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he was telling them. He was like, I'm tiny, but just, just hold on. So he told the other animals, all that I ask is that when you see me coming with the fire, you help me feed it and keep it alive. Um, so later that evening, the Tlacuache got close to where the fire was kept and he curled up. He played a possum and he spent seven days all curled up until the caretakers of the fire got used to seeing him there. And, you know, they were just like, all right, he's just part of the scenery. And he got to <laughs> learn the schedule of the guardians and saw that they um, slept um, around dusk. So on the seventh day, he waited until they were all asleep, except for the tiger, and he slowly got close to the fire. 
he put his tail in the fire. And once there was a large blaze, um, he put a brasa, so like some of the fire in his mouth, and he ran away. So at first, the tiger thought that Laquacha's tail was just lo- was just a log. So he was just like, all right, just part of the fire. And then he saw the it running away, and he's like, oh, shit. This is someone's <laughs> trying to steal the fire. So the tiger chased the Tlacuache, and the Tlacuache took the fire and hid it in his pouch. Um, and the tiger was too fast, though, and caught up with the poor little Tlacuache. And um, he stomped him, he broke his bones, he shook him up, and he threw him down. And then once sure he had killed the Tlacuache, the tiger went back to guarding the fire. The Tlacuache rolled away, though, and he rolled and rolled and just kept on rolling until he... (laughs) Rolling. I know. Rolling. I did not want to go into Limp Bizkit song, but that's what I, my brain was doing. That's not even, that's not even the song that I was thinking Which of. one that's were you thinking? Even... Oh, like rolling down the river? Yes! <laughs> that's a matter song. I'm not some uncultured swine, Ophelia. Hey, you're saying I'm an uncultured swine because my brain goes automatically to Limp Bizkit. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> You're not No, wrong. no, no. You were thinking I was thinking of Limp Biscuit. So, <laughs> how dare you? But yes, but I'm fascinated by this. So he kept rolling. So he, he just kept, kept rolling. rolling, rolling down the river. No, he kept rolling away. And the other animals and the humans were waiting for him. And he gets down to where they are and he's like half dead. He unrolls himself and gave gives them the fire. And people start lighting up like fires and they feed the fire forever and ever. So after this, the Tlacuache was named humanity's hero. And it became known that those that don't have natural defenses and strength can make it up with, make it up with intelligence. And, but that's why he has that bare tail. Because he's burnt his tail to give us fire. So I guess the takeaway from this one is that intelligence is a really strong tool that one can use when, you know, you're tiny and don't have strength. I really like that. Oh, that's a really good message. Right? <laughs> Just set I yourself on that. fire. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't work for that guy, but it was a badass statement. In- <laughs> wow. I mean, still, that was super cool that. The opossum did that. Mm -hmm. He gave us fire. For humanity. Oh, that's so cute. Wait, but why was the tiger... So the tiger was actually there guarding the fire as well. Yeah, he was guarding the fire on behalf of the giants. Also, everybody was taking sides, huh? I guess. I guess so. Even the animals. Wow, that's interesting. I I love that. I love that. So I wanted to dive into another... Story that involves the jaguar, another creature, another big, big cat. Kitties. Hey, kitty episode. Hey, <laughs> In the future, we have to. We have to figure it out because we did a dog episode. We need to do a cat episode. We do. So we will. And we will. So the jaguar spotted a talquache and decided to play with it. He caught it and hit it with its paw and put it in its mouth. The poor Talquache cried and cried and cried. 
and asked to please be let go. But the jaguar refused. The jaguar told him that it was fun for him to toy with the poor little animal. And even though the delcuache kept complaining, the jaguar refused to let him go and continued torturing him. These big cats are mean. They are so mean. <laughs> Why is the jaguar and the tiger such dicks? My gosh. So the talcuache finally thought, I have to do something to get him to stop. I'm going to stay perfectly still no matter what happens and hold my breath. When the jaguar falls asleep, I will finally be able to run away. And that's what he did. He played dead no matter how much the t jaguar hurt him. Finally, the jaguar got bored and he slowly fell asleep. The talcuache slowly began to move away and once he was a safe distance, he took off in a sprint. The jaguar yelled after him, Mas vale, maña que fuerza. And this is how the talcuache learned that he gained more by being patient and waiting than by being aggressive. These are really good lessons by the Telcuache. I really like these. And yeah, I like that whole idea of, you know, I guess picking your battles and knowing that some people or some creatures don't have sympathy. <laughs> I guess. And they're just going to eat you. Yeah. No matter what. They're just going to fuck with you until they don't get any pleasure out of it. Yes. We call that creature Trump. <laughs> oh, wow. Too soon? <laughs> <laughs> the wounds they still bleed yeah salt and lemon all over them right now i can't handle it <laughs> but it is true though it is this idea of like this big bully this big creature who thinks it's bigger but it's it's not as smart as the tinier less strong creature and it's outsmarted by it yeah it's a very common uh theme in folklore too i think yeah, I think so. Like, very much about like survival and how we identify with these animals too. I, I love that people identified with the opossum and admired them uh, from very very early on. Um, and so one of the main sources for this section on the the folklore, um, and actually one of the few works on the Tlacuache, I couldn't find a lot of people that have written extensively on the the myths of the Tlacuache other than um, this one by. Dr. Alfredo Lopez Austin, who wrote a whole book about him. And it's a thick ass book that I tried to read all of. <laughs> but it is dense as fuck. Um, and I'm not an wow. anthropologist. So his book is called Los Mitos del Tlacuache or the Myths of the Tlacuache from 2006. I highly recommend it if people are interested in um, the myths and histories of the Tlacuache because he does a really good job of like incorporating different stories from different um, indigenous tribes or indigenous groups in Mexico. Oh. So it's not like just Aztecs, which is kind of what we've been focusing on so far. He has other um, groups um, that have also oh. like created myths around the Tlacuache, which was really cool. Which makes sense too, because if it's around all of South America, Central America, and North America, you're going to have a lot of myths that come from different groups and that would be yeah that's interesting yeah so the first two stories were Aztec yeah um and he says that there's five types of taquaches in Mexico um they're the Chironectes, Jadelfis, Marmosa, Philadere, 
Kalromis and Marmosa Canensens. Sure. Oh, I mean, you got through that. <laughs> you got through it. Uh, so there are images of Tlacuache in the Codices Fejervari Mayor, Vindovonesis in Vaticano B, Dreste, and Nutal. So <laughs> I butchered wow, all those names. Who are things. these people? I have what no are these idea. names? I have no idea what these names are, but there's a bunch of different codices that have images of Tlacuaches in them. And there's Tlacuache imagery in jewelry, in sculptures, in ceramics. So all these indigenous communities um, across South and Central America and Mexico have had representations of Tlacuaches um, in different forms. Even in Teotihuacan, um, they found like small molds to make Tlacuache figurines. So they found like molds they used to make them. Oh, mm-hmm. so cute. Yeah. So then could you remind folks, what is the codices and me? What is the codices? So codices are like, um, they're like books. They're books of like indigenous histories. Um, and I think they're named after the people that collected them. Okay. So they're they're written from a European perspective, correct? Yeah. Or at least they're Europe, the European, it's a European record keeping of indigenous stories. I believe so. Yeah. I just want to know, because I was like, these are not indigenous names, obviously. If I could recall, yes, that's what they were. Yeah. And then um, in one of them, the Dresden Codex, which is Mayan, um, they also have drawings of Tlacuache. And one of the drawings, and we'll share this on social media, they have, in one of the drawings, they have four mythic Tlacuaches. And it's really cool because they have these Tlacuaches almost like wearing like armor. Oh. Like for war. Yeah, I'll share the images. So, but this one specifically, they have the tlacuaches and they are, um, they have four major tlacuaches and they're on their backs. They're carrying different things. So one tlacuache has maize, another has rain, one has death, and the last one has a jaguar. And these are called the bakaboob or the fourth deities that hold the sky up. That's how important they were. What? That's so cool. Like... I like how the other one was like, man, take that jaguar. Or is the jaguar using him because he's standing on him to hold up the sky? I don't know. I mean, they're different mythologies because that was the Aztec and this is the Mayan. Oh, so they're not. I see. So they're not actually like, well, I mean, that makes sense that they're not related. But I'm just saying in this situation. Yeah, I don't know. because I guess they had. They had more of a camaraderie in this in this mythos, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, because I imagine like maize represents food, rain represents water, um, death is death, and jaguar probably represents war. So they all represent different things, and they're kind of like holding up um, the sky. And um, so, and the tlacuache is also in some myths that I found connected to alcohol. I couldn't find too much about this. But the, there was some like short snippet about how they, uh, the Tlacuaches helped um, create um, um, alcohol. What? Yeah. Like a, I, I don't think it was pulque, it was some sort of like drink. That is too cool. I love that. He's a little drunky. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you be on fire and, you know, tigers and jaguars are trying to beat the shit out of you? 
Yeah, no, I mean, I'd be drinking every night. I'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> Just out of nerves. Yeah. So the idea is that the Talcoache is a trickster thief, which is a good thing, but also dangerous. And one way to keep him happy during the time of Moluch, the Tzotziles would place food outside their home as an offering to the Talcoaches. They would put out a small tortilla, a few beans, a cigar, salt, all wrapped up in a corn husk. If you don't place the ofrenda, then the talquache will make it so that the crops aren't healthy and people will go hungry. That's interesting. That is interesting. So this idea, and so the, is this Mayan mythology as well? So Tzilas is a different indigenous group. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So they put... <laughs> I just love this food. It's like su tortilla, beans, and a cigar. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want that, though? Come on now. It's like, I'm going to eat my tortilla and my little beans, and then I'm going to have a little smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so, surprisingly, there are a few medical uses for tlacuaches, too. Maybe? <laughs> What do you mean, maybe? I don't know. So these are like mostly like pre uh, pre conquest or indigenous myths about um, medical uses or how they use the tlacuache. Uh, so the idea was that the tail was believed to speed up childbirth. So if you ate or drank the tail, it would speed up childbirth. Um, so, for example, in Morelos in Mexico, some parteras or um, midwives would turn the tail into a tea. And the patient would sip a little at a time every five minutes uh, from the first sign of the first contraction. Um, And then in the region of Huayapan, they use a mixture of deer talon scrapings with la cuache tail. In Tepoztlan, the tail is literally put into the woman's mouth to give her nausea and use that to encourage contractions. What? Yeah. I know. How do you... I'm just wondering how that encourages contractions, but I guess, yeah. I, I don't know. If anybody's had a baby out there, did you try putting an opossum tail in your mouth and did that help with contractions? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> please, please write it. Please yeah. let us know. Please know. Because I am deathly curious. Yeah. Um, some other places would like mush the tail up and they would put it in like a caldo or a stew. Um. In other towns, the meat is cooked alone or in a stew and eaten when the birth is difficult or the baby isn't coming. Um, in some parts of Veracruz, they catch the tlacuache and cut off the tail and use it to hit little girls three times every year. <laughs> and this is done to make sure that when the girl is older, she will marry and have easy births. Wow, that's really nice. <laughs> Can you imagine being chased by your mom with an opossum tail? Let me hit you three times. I'm sure it's, maybe it's hard. Maybe it's soft. I don't know. I don't know how hard it would be. It depends on the mother, I guess. Tlacuaches <laughs> um, were also used um, to help with broken bones. So they would mush up the tlacuache bones and make compresses using the dust. And then people also used its meat and fat to get rid of acne and bumps and cysts. So... A lot of uses for the tlacuache that I did not know of, and I am not going to try, but sound interesting. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it sounds fascinating. <laughs> the, I mean, I, as someone who struggled with acne all my life, I did not know that was an acne treatment. So mm-hmm. that is Now you know. Go find an apostle. 
Yeah. Have it lick my face, though. You think that you think that'll work? I think that's a genius idea. Let me know how that works out. <laughs> Let me know when you get rabies. <laughs> I just end up showing up in New York and just biting you. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the zombie apocalypse starts. Oh, a cute shit, little possum. Bam. Rabies <laughs> everywhere. Possum. <laughs> so a few last tidbits. So there are versions of the le- of legends that say that the Talquache has the power to put itself back together. Fascinating. Yeah. One of the versions where he steals fire is that he gets hurt and falls into pieces, but somehow with the river, he is able to put himself back together. Isn't that crazy? Stories from the Choctaw, people of Mississippi collected into a book called the uh, Choctaw Tales, which was collected in the 90s, uh, does also tell tales of opossums. So a few talk about how the raccoon and the opossum were talking. (laughs) I just talked about. They're best friends. They're BFFs. So the opossum asks the raccoon why he has such a nice, furry, and colorful tail. The raccoon says he put it into the fire until it changed colors. And the opossum believing him ends up putting his fire or putting his hairy tail sorry into the fire his tail of course burns off and that's why he doesn't have any hair on his tail <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. that's why he's a little baldy yeah it's always fire always fire so in another story an opossum gets fruit from a tree by climbing it so he climbs up to a tree gets some fruit the fox see, sees him with the fruit and asks him, man, how'd you get that fruit? <laughs> and the opossum tells him he ran headfirst into a tree <laughs> as hard as possible and the fruit fell. <laughs> the fox believes him and does it. The fox hit himself on the head so hard he fell unconscious and the opossum ran away. I love it. <laughs> and it's just so, so the opossum was just a big troll. He is. I mean, that's the whole like trickster aspect. And I think that a lot of people turned him into a trickster in in myths and folklore because he's such a weird ass creature. (laughs) (laughs) He's so odd looking. And again, you don't really have anything to compare it to. Like all the large fauna died off by the time a lot of these civilizations had come to be. So they don't really have a reference point for anything else in the past i guess because you do you did have kind of like what was it the the giant sloths and all that stuff so you have all these big creatures that kind of are also weird but yeah you have this little weird creature the opossum and it it is a weirdo even to people who lived with it it's a little weirdo yeah like it really captures the imagination and i just loved all these stories from so many different places like you know all the way from you know aztec mayan cultures to to tribes in Mississippi that had myths about um, the opossum. So it's really fascinating. Yeah, he's a little famous guy. He is. A little famous guy. She, maybe <laughs> she. She's a little famous thing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess with that story, that's basically it for this episode. I feel like it was really short. It does feel that way, but it was I, it was really fun. And um, before we forget, some of the sources that we used was the book um, 
The Myths of the Tlacuache by Dr. Alfredo Lopez Austin and the Book of the Hispanic Culture, as well as the the book The Choctaw Tales by Tom Mould or collected by Tom Mould. Uh, if anybody wants to learn more about opossums, there's a there's just weird stories out there. <laughs> I loved it. I really love it. I'm I enjoyed those little stories about the opossum. It sounds like a cool little dude who got his fire. So thanks, little possum. So next time you think you see a little possum, thank him. Yeah, you go haste or her. What's up, opossum? And then walk away before they play dead and get all stinky. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Don't spook them. Don't spook them too much. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's basically our episode. And tune in next month when I don't even know what ep- what topic we're doing next month. Though. Do you know? I think we're talking about Columbus next month. Oh, that's right. That bitch. Oh, yes. I'm excited. You guys are going to be so excited to know what we're talking about. Because uh, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be real interesting. And it's going to be about Columbus and, of course, monsters. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yes. So tune in next time. And we'll see you later. And bye for now. And be careful. Don't let an opossum lick your face (laughs) when you need to get rid of acne. Don't let it do that. Please don't. Don't do that. Don't do that. Bye. Bye.